Welcome to the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of our journey as we're trying to take complex news and bring it into simple terms. And hopefully it makes you a more confident trader when it comes to cryptocurrency. So again, a few things that I wanna talk about here. If you're on X, the company formerly known as Twitter, follow me. My handle is tax-free underscore crypto, tax-free under, underscore crypto. My name on Twitter is the TFC guy, TFC guy. So get on there, follow me if you're not already. The crypto scene is all over there and I'll help you and guide you into the, probably the different people, magazines and uh, sources and info that I use to get the information that I do to pass on to you. So follow me there. Also on Instagram, LinkedIn and all those fun places you can meet me and we can carry on a discussion there if so be. A couple of pretty cool things that are happening with the podcast. We have some pretty cool guests that are coming up. We have Tim Story. We're actually filming with him today, and we'll release that in a later date. But Tim Story, he's a very motivational person, not just a motivational speaker, but individually. He's a thought leader. He's, he's just known as this comeback coach. I've had some personal conversations with him, and he's always encouraging. And I want him to come on, not necessarily to talk about the crypto market or the financial markets, but to talk about you to talk about me. These are the kinds of things I wanna see happen on this podcast. I wanna give you some news, but I wanna give you some help as well. And so Tim Story will be on. And then one of my mentors and, and actually a, a close friend, personal friend of mine is Eddie Wilson. He is the CEO and founder of a private equity company. He's gonna come on and give us some advice about investing and give us some advice about business and entrepreneurship. And so I look forward to that as well. So those are some pretty cool things that are happening on the TFC, on the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. Uh, so stay tuned. Those are gonna be dropping momentarily. Now I do wanna say this about who we are. What is tax-free crypto? It's not just the name of our podcast. It's not just, you know, something I go by. Tax-free crypto is actually in an exchange where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies. And that's at taxfreecrypto.com, taxfreecrypto.com. Click on get started. When you do that, type in the, the word podcast. That'll actually give you a free account, a free Roth IRA to set up in there. When you buy cryptocurrency or when you sell cryptocurrency, your gains in there are completely tax-free. You do not owe taxes on those things if you don't withdraw before you're allowed because it is through a Roth IRA. And, and we're going to have an episode coming up very soon where I explain how all of this works in, in extreme detail. So you stay tuned for that and be ready for that when I drop that as well. But we are in exchange. You go to taxfreecrypto.com and you're actually setting up a Roth IRA. You can also roll over or transfer from another financial institution to our self-custodian and then they'll transfer the money and then you could begin to purchase your cryptocurrency from there. You can always email me, eric at taxfreecrypto.com, eric at taxfreecrypto.com. And if you want to set up an opportunity where we can discuss these things, I'd be more than happy to do so. That's the front-loaded stuff. also want to say this about affiliates. I, I've been saying this the last few shows, and I've had some calls with some pretty cool people, and I look forward to getting our affiliate program more people involved in it. So right now we have a handful. I'm looking to go even harder with it. So if, if your business model or you personally are somebody who's interested in doing some affiliate marketing, 
what affiliate marketing means is maybe you have an audience, perhaps you're an entrepreneur, or maybe you're a friend of mine, uh, or maybe uh, you just kind of have this model as part of you. What, what happens is I'm gonna give you a promotion code that's uniquely yours. You use that promo code that is linked to you. And then when people get on the website and they begin to buy and sell, you get a portion of the transactions. We make our money on the gas fees. You get a portion of that and we split that. So talk to me, Eric, at taxfreecrypto.com. I'll send you my calendar link. And uh, from there, we'll have a discussion on about how to be an affiliate with us. Okay, so let's talk about the state of crypto. Lately, especially with Bitcoin, we've seen it drop extensively. There's a few reasons for that. And I want to talk about the state of crypto. But instead of sending out some sort of long, boring PDF, I just want to give you uh, the basic rundown. I like to make my industry snapshots that I talk to you guys about just like a cup of noodles, quick, easy, and very convenient. So I want to talk about those things. Right now, Bitcoin uh, is is hovering. It's low. It's, it's hovering between $25,000, $26,000 right now. That's low. You've heard me say it before. I always like to say, buy it while it's on sale. Uh, because again, of the spot Bitcoin ETF that's in the process of being approved and then the halving that's coming up uh, next year in April or May. So uh, get it while it's on sale. But what's happening in uh, the industry right now? So uh, I, I wanna talk about this internal battle that Bitcoin is kind of having. Uh, it's going through this civil war right now. Uh, it's the battle of two different types of investors. On one side, you have the short-term Bitcoin investors and what's considered a short term in the industry is people who've had uh, Bitcoin for less than 155 days. That's what's called a short term investor. Okay, so you have these short term people. And then on the other side, the other side of the civil war with Bitcoin, on the other side, you have the long term Bitcoin holders, which, of course, are people who've had it for longer than 155 days. And both of these groups, both of these people are facing very different situations. With the long-term holders right now, they're actually in the green in their investments. They either do dollar cost averaging or they got in quite early and they're just holding or hodling, however you wanna word that. So that's the long-term investors. And so as a result, they've been accumulating more and more Bitcoin. But in contrast to that, most short-term holders are in the red with their investments, having been in only the last 155 days. Uh, according to Glassnode, which is a company that kind of tracks this stuff, 88.3% of short-term holders are underwater after the flash crash about a week and a half ago. Uh, we coined it last week as Red Thursday when that flash crash happened. So 88.3% of short-term holders are underwater. So as a result of that, short-term holders have been selling this past week, the past week and a half. So we're seeing sort of this decline in there. Now also, uh, we're, we're seeing in light of the potential spot Bitcoin ETF being approved, well, these financial institutions that are looking to buy that, uh, uh, looking to get that approved, they have to buy up the asset because uh, if you go back several episodes, I explained the difference between a spot Bitcoin ETF and a futures ETF because there's been a futures B, uh, ETF on Bitcoin for a while now, since October of 21. So I explained the difference with that. So uh, in order for that spot Bitcoin ETF to be viable, the financial institutions that are going to be the holders of that ETF or the issuers of that ETF, they actually have to own the asset. 
So the conspiracy that's going around is, of course, whoever's in cahoots with whomever is trying to drive the cost of Bitcoin low so that those financial institutions can buy it up at a better price so that when that uh, ETF is approved, then the price goes up and then they make their money. So that's sort of the civil war that's happening in between these two different types of investors. You have your long-term and your short-term people. Overall, this is a bearish sign for the for Bitcoin in the near, near future. So uh, perhaps you don't know the difference. Maybe you'll hear about a bull run or a bear run. Let me just explain that just a little bit. What, what does that actually mean? So back in the day when the stock market kind of came out, they would differentiate a bear run, which is something that goes down, right? A bear market and a bull run is something that goes up. And the reason it was named that, uh, here's a fun fact for you, is bears, right? When they are uh, on the hunt or on the prowl or they're trying to dig, they'll stand up and then they'll push down and they'll, they'll hit the ground or whatever it is that they're trying to hunt. They'll, they'll, they'll stand up, come down, hit down. That's why they call it a bear market. With a bull, with the horns, and that's the iconic image that's there on Wall Street in New York City. With the bull, when they're uh, going after something, they take their head and they go up. They go up. That's why it's called a bull market and a, and a bear market. So when I say overall, with the different, the contrast between the long-term investor and the short-term investor, that's a bearish sign for Bitcoin in the near term because these short-term people are going to be selling it off. And of course, the long-term people or uh, those of you like me right now, I do have a strategy of buying and holding Bitcoin. Uh, and I, I do what's called dollar cost averaging on it. So in my tax-free crypto account, because that's my long play, my long hold, every month I have a certain amount of dollars that comes out of my paycheck every single month, and I buy up more Bitcoin, and I'm doing the dollar cost averaging uh, because eventually when those gains go up, a, it's going to be tax-free because it's in a tax-free crypto account. Uh, but B, I'll have do dollar cost average and I'm a long-term holder. Therefore, it will be worth more. Uh, so, uh, th th so the bearish market is those who are going to be selling it off. So what happens is short-term investors, right? They're a lot like teenagers going on their first date. They get nervous, they get sweaty, and they're more likely to panic when something goes wrong. Uh, and that's kind of what a short-term investor will do. I've been there because... Uh, when I first started trading uh, in the stock market and then when I first started trading in the cryptocurrency market, I was that way. I would refresh the page constantly over and over. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Because I wasn't used to that type of risk. But I have some advice I want to give you here in just a little bit. So let's keep on talking about this. So if the prices keep decreasing, we could see more short-term investors sell off, which would push the price of Bitcoin even lower. And that's what this whole civil war has been happening. So I'm going to keep a close eye on this trend as we head into September, which historically has been the worst performing month for Bitcoin. Uh, that's been the month of September. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on it. You keep posted. You keep tuning into the podcast and we'll kind of walk through this together. So that's sort of what's happening in the industry is that this Bitcoin is having this internal battle. But also Ethereum, uh, ETH pronounced ETH, okay, is migrating. Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency with a $197 billion market cap. But there's one big trend that's happening with Ethereum, or, or Ether rather. Ethereum is the name of the company that's the issue, uh, the issuer of the cryptocurrency that's called Ether. And uh, most of us who trade, we just call it ETH. ETH is the ticker. 
it's moving off exchanges. So over the last several months, the total ETH on exchanges has dropped from 29 million down to 22 million. This is kind of good for a few reasons. The less ETH that's on exchanges means that it's less likely to have a chance of a sell-off. More users are also staking ETH, uh, meaning there's currently 24 million ETH staked versus 22 million ETH on exchanges. So Ethereum is staking. Uh, let me explain what staking is for those of you who might be curious about that, because we welcome all crypto curious people to the Tax Free Crypto podcast. Ethereum staking refers to the process of transaction validation on the Ethereum blockchain network. This method sees users lock in or stake the platform's native cryptocurrency, which is Ether, in order to qualify for validator privileges in order to help secure the network and earn rewards. So that's the simple definition of what staking is. So what's happening with Ethereum is it's coming off of exchanges and all in exchanges, the exchange is the place where you buy the crypto, right? It's like you hear it called the stock exchange. The stock exchange is the place that exchanges your money for the stock with which you're purchasing. So when you're on these other exchanges that are out there, like the taxfreecrypto.com, that's an exchange. Uh, Coinbase is an exchange. Uh, Crypto.com is an exchange. That's where you do these things. So we're seeing Ethereum come off of these exchanges, self-custody and staking, which is what I just explained to you, they have been the destinations for a, a, a large chunk of ETH leaving exchanges. So self-custody, again, what that means is when you buy on some of these exchanges, you could put it into a wallet and then uh, transfer that into your ledger or your personal cold custody, cold storage, where it's not uh, attached to anything that's digital whatsoever. And a lot of people have been doing that as well. Users are moving off exchanges for this purpose, many are, to explore the Ethereum ecosystem. There's a lot of things that are being built off of Ethereum right now. It's very cool and it can be very complicated as you go down that trail, but I don't wanna explain all those right here in this podcast. We will in future episodes. But as users are kind of moving on this, they, they began to look at the Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, what's called layer two is what's happening right now. Uh, so layer twos, lending protocols, those different kinds of things is what Ethereum sort of within their ecosystem is all about. So overall, what I just explained about Ethereum coming off of exchanges, going into cold wallets, and they're also being staked by many people. Overall, those are bullish signs uh, for Ethereum in the long run. So more staked ETH plus more ETH moving away from exchanges means it's less available in the supply and more buying pressure that happens to Ethereum. We'll also say this, a couple of weeks ago, and I think we talked about it on the podcast as well, former President Donald Trump, it was displayed he had over $250,000 worth of Ethereum. And then this week alone, uh, we just found out that the CEO of OnlyFans just made a huge play in purchase onto uh, Ethereum, uh, onto Ether. So some things to consider as you go on to make your next purchase of cryptocurrency, I'm not a financial advisor, but I would dare say that a financial advisor would say, hey, if you're in the crypto game, ETH is probably a good one to get into. And if you go to taxfreecrypto.com and you buy your Ethereum there, well then obviously 
uh, or your, you buy your ether there, and then obviously all the gains that are potentially going to happen to that are completely tax-free. So something to think about. Uh, speaking of layer two, that layer two war is uh, heating up. Again, we're just talking about what's happening in the industry right now. So what is layer two? Layer two solutions are blockchains that are built on top of or parallel with the Ethereum blockchain that is used to scale the type of capabilities that uh, Ether offers. So these chains usually process many more transactions per second for much less than the gas fees. Gas fees just means the price. If you buy, you pay X amount of percentage. If you sell, you pay X amount of percentage. So in return, uh, with that, layer two blockchains are usually more centralized, the layer twos are, uh, and they're not as well secured as the main layer one uh, Ethereum blockchain. So let me kind of give you an analogy or an example when it, when it comes to these layer twos. As an analogy, you can imagine that uh, the Ethereum network, imagine it as the U.S. Postal Service or the main government-owned postal courier in the country, right, as we know it today. Uh, it is reliable, it's secure, it's available to everyone, but it often suffers from what? Congestion, delays, and relatively high costs due to its wide reach uh, and its demand because everybody's using it. Layer twos, on the other hand, are like private delivery services. There's, uh, there's many more of them, <clears throat> so the competition is much higher, and they can transfer packages faster, they can do it cheaper, uh, but on the other hand, they also don't have the credibility of the main postal service and may not be trusted by everyone to ship the most important packages often. So that's just sort of an analogy of what the layer twos are, right? So uh, the layer one, the Ethereum blockchain granddaddy, it's, it's, the, it's more trusted and relied, but higher on the gas fees, it gets very congested. So the layer twos, which are built either on top or right next to it, they're just much quicker and uh, cheaper. And that's what everybody really wants to, to mess with. Layer twos have been growing in popularity over the last several months. The top two layer twos are called uh, Arbitrum and Optimism. Those are built on the Ethereum uh, network as layer twos. But now there's a new fighter, right? I said all these big changes that are happening in the Ethereum network and with the layer twos, it's called BASE. Uh, so Coinbase's new layer two blockchain uh, has only been alive for just a few weeks right now. And BASE has more daily transactions than both uh, Arbitrum and Optimism. Uh, so it's these layer two things are happening. We're just talking about the state of cryptocurrency right now. So as you take in all that information, I just want to give you some advice here. And then I have some pretty interesting news about the adoptions, uh, the adoptions rates for what's happening with uh, uh, cryptocurrency right now. How do you stay calm in a down market? Crypto is very famously volatile. There's sudden changes in prices, uh, which can make your heart drop or make your heart get very excited because of how high they can go up in just uh, minutes, hours, days, weeks, right? Uh, because that's what the volatility is. So if it's your first time experiences a significant sell-off, you're just like, I, I don't know what to do. Should I sell now? Am I going to lose all my money? These are kind of the things you think through. But veteran traders will tell you, I myself included in that, it's a lot easier to stay calm and make smart moves if you have a plan, okay? Always have a plan when it comes to your investments. Uh, so here's some helpful things that I wrote down for you to keep in mind. You have to keep your emotions out of it. 
Emotional trading can lead to badly timed trades, like selling when prices are lowest or buying at peak uh, at peak times due to FOMO, right? We all have fear of missing out. You hear about this magical internet money. I want to get involved because it's going somewhere. I don't understand it all, but if, if it's a viable thing. And so you kind of get in, then you get ticked off about it. You see it drop, you see it go up, and you just kind of don't know what to think. So you have to keep your emotions out of it. That's why this podcast exists, to give you the information to be a more informed person. We just talked a lot about Bitcoin and what's happening with it, with the, the, with the Civil War. Then we talked about Ethereum and all of the benefits that is going on. And I'm going to bring up another one here shortly as well for you to think about. So one, keep your emotions out of it. Number two, think ahead. Think ahead. Consider your long-term goals. Did you buy with the intention of selling many years in the future? If so, it's probably okay to stop refreshing that tab. Take a deep breath. Realize that you are in it for the long haul, that you are in it for the long game, and there's beautiful benefits to that. If you are going to play that game, I just want to encourage you, do it through a tax-free vehicle, taxfreecrypto.com, open up a Roth IRA, begin to trade, hold it, and see where it goes from there. Look into dollar, here's the third tip. Look into dollar cost averaging. This is a play that I'm currently using in tax-free crypto. I have other strategies that I use on other exchanges because uh, different exchanges have different uh, crypto that I want to be a part of, that I want to uh, uh, stake some money on and, and stuff like that. So look into dollar cost averaging. What dollar cost averaging is, it's a popular strategy for reducing the, the, the sting of volatility. What you do is it involves buying a smaller amount of crypto at regular inter intervals, like every week or every month. No matter what the market is doing, you're just putting in a set amount of dollars. That's what I'm doing uh, with Bitcoin and Ethereum right now. I'm putting in a set amount every single month through my uh, tax-free crypto account because, again, that's my long play. That's my long hold. So I just do the dollar cost averaging. And because I'm a long-term holder in those, I'm actually quite positive uh, in my gains right now with that. So looking at dollar cost averaging. Last tip I want to give you, trade within your limits. Uh, I get messages quite often on my social media feeds where people are like, I need to make some money real quick. Which, which coin do you, should I get into? And I always say this, look, first of all, don't put in your rent money. <clears throat> don't put in the money you need right now. Do this, discipline yourself, save up $1,000, put that in your savings account. After you do that, keep that in your savings so that you know you have an emergency fund when you need it. And then the second thing is raise another $1,000 just so you know, you know you already have that discipline because you did it in your savings once. Now do it a second time and take that $1,000. And if you can afford to lose it, then put it into some crypto stuff, put it into some stock stuff, make other types of investments. You have to have financial habits uh, before you really begin to stake some stuff. So trade within your limits. If you're planning to buy the dip, remember, no matter how confident you are about a particular asset, you should never put in more than you can afford to lose. Learn it from me, uh, who has lost quite a bit, but also learn from me, uh, who has made quite a bit, because that's just how the game goes. So don't get that emotion involved in your trading stuff. Okay, here's how I'm going to end the podcast today. I want to kind of give this other analogy, this long analogy about the email moment. Uh, those of you who are my age, I grew up in mostly in the 90s, but I was born in the 80s. Uh, and so I remember when email came along, right? Electronic mail, what's this new thing? So I want to talk about the email moment, okay, quote, email moment for online payments 
which could potentially kill Visa and MasterCard. Now, that might just be a hyperbolic statement, killing Visa and MasterCard, but it's definitely going to give them some, some competition about what I'm about to tell you. Changing the speed and cost of a product or service can have a massive impact on the industry or even the world. So the transitions we've made in the last 30 years as we've moved from paper mail, which is slow and costly, to email, free and instant, right? So what does that have to do with crypto? Okay, so Solana, that is a cryptocurrency, a quite popular one. Solana is now coming up with what's called Solana Pay. And Solana Pay and Shopify have just sort of come together in this beautiful marriage. Shopify is now allowing millions of businesses to use crypto as a payment method. This is huge. But using Solana Pay, let me explain. This is a way bigger deal, by the way, than it may first appear, so just hear me out. Uh, this could be the email moment for online payment, and here's why. Solana Pay allows merchants to accept stable coins, uh, stable coins like USDC, which is US dollar coin. Uh, it, it exactly matches the dollar, but it's cryptocurrency. Uh, Tether is also another uh, stable coin. We'll have a whole podcast on stable coins in a different time. But Solana Pay allows merchants to accept stable coin payments, mostly like USDC, for a flat fee. And that flat fee is this 0.00025 cents. Okay, so point uh, zero 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 two five. That's that's super cheap. That's what Solana Pay is allowing. So uh, so all these fees. If you're a merchant, if you're an entrepreneur, you already know that when somebody uses a credit card or debit card, Visa and Mastercard, they take out higher percentages than that, and and, and it's different. You have a a set percentage and then based on the amount you could either have a, a whole five cents charge or a whole 30 cents charge it goes up and down uh, so let's compare each system per transaction based on what I just explained using the lowest card fees available so the MasterCard rate is 1.15 percent plus five cent rate some go as high as 3.5 plus 30 cents and the speed of it is three business days before it's even in your account why is that? Because it has to go through some sort of centralized banking system. This is the beauty of cryptocurrency. So if you look at now Solana Pay, the rate is 0.00025 of a cent, and the speed is a few seconds before it's in your account. This is so revolutionary, guys. This truly is the difference between snail mail, which is costly and took several days to get where it needed to go, versus email, which is completely instant and it's free. Okay, 0 0.00025 is, is the cost, and it's a few seconds before it's in your account. So here's what it kind of looks like in real life, in real time. So let's say you have a $10 transaction on a regular card, Visa or MasterCard. You pay the 1.15% plus the 5 cents, which equals a 16.5 cent fee. That's what you're going to get charged by. Uh, the big guys and wait three days for that $10 to land in your account. But with Solana Pay, it's 0 0.00025 and that's it. There's no extra fee on top of that. If it's a $100 card transaction, you're paying 1.15% plus five cents up to a $1.20 fee. With Solana Pay, you're paying 0 0.00025 of a cent. If it's a $1,000 transaction on a card, it's 1.15% plus five cents 
which equals $11.55 that you're paying the merchant, the entrepreneur. You worked hard for this. You're trying to give somebody your goods and MasterCard or Visa takes this fee of $11.55 on this, which again, you're gonna have to pay taxes on later as you get with your CPA to pay your taxes later. So uh, you have to pay that fee, but with Solana Pay, no matter if it's $10, $100, or $1,000, you're paying 0.00025 of a cent, two-fifths of a cent, that's it. And that's all that you're charged and you get the money now. So not only is Solana Pay faster, but it's also 46,200 times cheaper when processing a $1,000 payment. So, so put this in your mind as to where this is going. This is a huge deal because Shopify uh, is not a small company. This is why crypto payment integrations will extend far beyond Shopify merchants in time. So here's an example that I kind of wrote down. Amazon 2022, they made $514 billion, okay? Which means if they were paying the 1.5% industry average, all those averages we just talked about with uh, um, the fees, the credit card fees. So if they're paying the 1.5% industry average for card fees, they would have had to fork over out $7.71 billion between MasterCard and Visa. So crypto payments like USDC through Solana Pay make it possible for big name merchants like Amazon to save billions of dollars in fees per year. So this is huge. When Am if and when Amazon makes this move to uh, Solana Pay or maybe some other uh, like the Lightning Network with Bitcoin and those different types of things, th this is huge. So Shopify, in the examples above, it makes up 10% of all e-commerce in the US and it generates $444 billion worth of economic activity. So think about how much money they're gonna save because they're doing it. They are currently integrating uh, Solana Pay. That's what they're doing and they're gonna save that much money. Now, those e-commerce stores have a new option to integrate crypto payments easily using stable coins. A few weeks ago on the, on the podcast, we talked about PayPal how it's coming up with its own stable coin and because I believe it's coming up or preparing forward thinking for what's going to happen in the industry uh, with their stable coin. So you can imagine buying the PayPal stable coin and if it's out released outside of their platform, this is another use for it. Uh, so I want you to think about that. Merchants get fast settlement times and cheaper fees and crypto gets massive adoption, right? So uh, if you can uh, a shop with somebody and a lot of these companies will charge you the customer back those fees right when you do it uh, when you buy they'll, they'll charge that back somewhere within the price of that but with this fee less than a penny to do this uh, Solana pay it's really going to be more cost effective for all parties therefore the adoption rate or the acceptance rate that's going to continue to go higher okay that's what's happening in news today. If you have any questions about what we talked about or something wasn't quite clear, uh, hit me up in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. Or again, send me an email, eric at taxfreecrypto.com, and we'll talk about it. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful day.